This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I'm the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. We are located uh, up here uh, in Cave Creek address, but we're actually in the county island. We're right on Dynamite Road in between Tatum and Scottsdale, a few miles north of the Desert Ridge Marketplace off the 101. And uh, obviously you can't come up here right now to visit with us, but you probably are home and trying to find something to do. And, you know, this is a great time to start planning things out. We're all looking for that that change, you're wanting to make things better for ourselves. A lot of times it's in January, right? When it's the, the New Year's, we think, okay, here's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to start being more spiritual. I want to change my life for the better. I want to do, I know there is a God. I, I know I ought to go to the worship service. Well, here's your chance to start focusing on that, planning ahead, and work it into your schedule. I know it can be difficult, but plan ahead. And determine in your mind to do it. You can uh, join me always here on the, the radio program on Tuesday. We're also live streaming our worship service on Sunday morning at 10.30. You can find those at www.nvcoc.net. The Wednesday night service is on there as well at 7 o'clock. We're going to add a Bible class to that. And if you uh, go to our website, you'll see the live stream. And below that... We're going to have the previous lessons as well. I asked them to put that up there. They, they actually put up the videos of the previous lessons. Um, I was hoping, and I'm going to try to get this changed. I, I didn't want that. I wanted just the links to the uh, the series. But we'll, we'll see how that, that works. I need to go back to the website, take a look at that. And uh, join us for those things. And uh, I think uh, you'll enjoy that, I hope. And then try to work it in your schedule to, to be here with us at the North Valley congregation. A lot of things are going on. Uh, tomorrow marks the one month, I, th- I think it's the one month, um, since we've been doing live streaming here at North Valley. We, we ceased congregating at the building. A lot of people are, are against that. They think that's uh, not what God prescribed. I, I disagree. Uh, I think it's the right thing to do. God uh, wants us to come together, and we do come together. And just because we're separated by you know, a couple of miles or more because everyone's at their homes, it does not mean we're not congregating together. I read, I read nothing in the Bible dictating how close you have to be physically in order to be congregating together. Is it best to do it uh, over a live stream? No, it's always better to do it face-to-face. It's more encouraging and strengthening for folks to be able to talk to one another in such a way. But there are going to be things like this that come up in life that that brings a challenge to the way we we do things. And so we, we bear with it. It's going to come to an end. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel, Lord willing, and keep keep prayerful to the Lord. And this morning... This morning, I'm Paul. <laughs> this afternoon, I'm going to give you, or I want to give you a quiz. And I, I don't, 
I don't want you to think real hard uh, about your answers. I just want you to answer the way you feel you should. I, know I normally don't do that, but just answer the way you feel you should. Okay, here's the question. So think about this. Well, I'm sorry, feel, feel about it or whatever. Here's the questions. How many of you believe you are perfect? How many of you believe that you are perfect? That's the first question. Now, here's the second one. How many of you believe it is possible for someone who is still living to become perfect? Now, if you answered no to both those questions, the reason for that is because we believe perfection means sinlessness. We all know Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, consider these scriptures. Uh, Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, this is from the New King James, says, Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Philippians chapter 3, verse 15. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. He's talking about the attitude of Christ there. Now, a couple of things are wrong here, right? Either these people of Scripture defied Romans 3.23 by being sinless, or there is something about the biblical concept of perfection that we don't fully understand. I think Matthew chapter 5, which is what we're going to kind of look at this, this afternoon, indicates that maybe there is something about perfection we don't understand. In fact, the real biblical concept of perfection can be summed up in what you may call the theology of the donut. And, I, and really, you can use pretty much anything on this, but I like the donut story. And the reason why I like it is because you think of a donut, you think, so what? It's a donut. We don't think too much about everything that came behind it, the story behind it, where it came from. So the most popular donut in the world, now we may know that one, that's the glazed donut, right? And the donut originated in the 16th century, Holland. Uh, they were cooked in oil uh, and, and were so greasy that the Dutch called them oakleys um, or something like that, oily cakes. Uh, the pilgrims who lived in Holland brought the cakes with them when they came to America. Their version was a round, doughy ball about the size of a walnut. And so the term doughnut. Okay, so now you know where the, the, the term donut came from. Now the origin of the donut hole. Now that's intriguing. There's a couple of possibilities on, on this one. So you know we, the way we make the donuts today is it's round, it's a circle with that hole in the middle. It seems that there was this captain, Hanson Gregory, the 19th century main sea captain who was eating a donut while you know, sailing through a storm and his ship rocked violently and his cake put, uh, uh, fell on the, the, one of the spokes of his wheel and it held it there. He liked that and wanted all his cakes made with a hole in it so he could put it on the spoke. 
Now, that seems silly to me. I don't know if that's true, but it's one of those stories that are out there. I like this one, though. Donuts were popularized in the United States after the Salvation Army fed donuts, cooked in garbage pails, and served on bayonets to troops during World War I. They would throw the dough into the, the, the boiling um, oil, and then they would spear them with the do- uh, uh, bayonet, pulling them out. And so they kind of sag there, and they would cool turning it, cooling it off, and it would end up with this little round hole in the middle. And that's people think that's why the soldiers got the nickname Doughboys. So, interesting, isn't it? You didn't know all that probably about donuts. To say that perfection is the same as sinlessness is saying that a donut is the whole. So, just as there is so much more to the donut than the donut whole, there is more to perfection than the idea of sinlessness. In Matthew chapter 5, I want us to read verses 43 to 48. It says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Hmm, tough. What is perfection? The Greek word translated perfect here in Matthew 5 is the Greek word teleos. Teleos shows up many times in the New Testament and it's almost always translated as perfect. But there is one passage where teleos is translated in a way that is easier for us to understand. Now let me turn my Bible over to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews 5 verses 12 to 14. There, it says this. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Alright. In, uh, in other words, to be teleos means to be mature. What does it mean to be mature? And that's the word in Hebrews chapter 5. That's the teleos. Mature. That's what he's saying. Same word translated as perfection in Matthew 5. And mature means to grow up. Become responsible, reliable, dependable. In short, it means to learn how to behave like an adult. And that's what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 5. There's a certain kind of behavior you need to exhibit. 
then you'll be, as verse 45 said, sons of your Father who is in heaven. So when Jesus tells us to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, he's saying grow up to be like your Father who is in heaven. That's what he's saying. That's what the perfect means here in Matthew chapter 5. It means to be mature, to grow up. And so what does that mean? To grow up to be like God. The passage, in this passage, Jesus doesn't say a thing about being sinless, does he? Verse 44, uh, in, in that Perfection, like growing up to be like God, means you must love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, when you step back and think about that, it's saying you need to mature to the point where you can do this from the heart. That's what he's looking for in his disciples. If you wanted to be a disciple of mine, this is what you need to be. Don't be like the scribes and Pharisees, like he was saying in the uh, chapter 5, verse 20, When he said, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, he's saying you need to be mature beyond them, grow up beyond them to where where they're at, to be more like God. And one of those things is loving your enemies and praying for them. If you uh, only love those who are nice to you, even little kids know how to do that. It takes an adult to rise above petty disagreements and resentments. And God modeled this type of love for us, that loving our enemies. I want to turn over to another passage over in Colossians. Let me get my Bible over there. Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. There it says, Paul writes, And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. God, our Father, loved us when we were his enemies. And now he is telling uh, us that we need to learn how to love those who are our enemies. It's part of being a grown-up son or daughter of God. The Apostle John expands on this when he says in 1 John 4.16, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Period. I think that's pretty clear to see and understand. That's what it means to grow up and be like God. And that's just one of the ways that we can grow up to be like our Father in heaven. Luke chapter 6, verse 35. We're told that God is merciful. Jesus said, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. In verse John 1, 5, is, uh, is that God is light. Jesus taught. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. We're being like him, right? We also know that God is holy. Leviticus 11.44, God declares, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy. Why? Because I am holy. 
And we could go on and on and on about the ways in which we should try to become like our Heavenly Father in Heaven. It is built into us to want to become like our fathers. You can especially see this in little children, the toddlers, ages two or three, as they're learning to walk and explore their world. If you have such a little one of that age in your house and they they come across a pair of their father's shoes, what do they do? They put them on, right? They put those shoes on and then they walk around the house and if dad's home, these little ones will shuffle right up to him and giggle as if they show him that they are wearing his shoes. And what they're saying is, look at me. I'm wearing your shoes. I'm walking around just like you. My kids did this a lot, every one of them. Well, Julie hasn't gotten there yet, but she I can tell she wants to. She wants to pull those shoes down and walk around in daddy's shoes with the biggest, most cutest thing I've ever seen. I love it. And what God is saying here in Scripture is put on my shoes and walk in my steps. Strive to grow up to be like me in how you love, in how you show mercy, in how you give light to the world around you, in how you attempt to become holy. Be like me. Now, I've said all this to introduce the idea of another way in which we can grow up to be like our Father. In the next mark of maturity we're going to talk about, I think it sums up all the others. If you have this one trait, you will develop the attitude of love, of mercy, holiness, and a desire to spread the light that God has given you. And this one trait is the one that we'll be focusing on uh, in, in, in this passage. I'm thinking about doing it a, a few radio lessons on it as well. The trait is the trait of servanthood. A person who truly uh, is grown up will have this attitude in their lives. I don't care how old a person may be, if they don't learn to be servants, they will never be mature. If they don't learn to be servants, they don't they will not learn to be mature. And all true adults have this quality about them. And it is this quality that we strive to teach our children. We have other words for it, though. We would call it responsibilities. We may call it chores, or your job, son, is to rake the leaves, or wash the clothes, sweep the house, clean the kitchen, whatever it might be. We're trying to teach them. We call it responsibilities, chores. It's for teaching them to be servants. You don't. You do this for yourself, your siblings, your mother, for me. You need to do these things. Hold the door open for grandma. All right. Get something for your grandpa. And we start with the little things, teaching them servanthood. And in reality, whatever we may call it, our jobs, our chores, our responsibilities, it's all about teaching our children to be good servants. Because being a good servant 
is what being an adult in the family is all about, right? Serving one another. A teacher gave her class of second graders a lesson on magnets and what they did. And the next day, in a written test, she included this question. My name has six letters. Okay, she said that a class. Well, it was written, but she said it out loud to him. The first, so, so my name has six letters. The first letter is M. I pick up things. What am I? Pretty obvious, right? They just had the lesson the other day on magnets. I mean, this can't be hard. They can do it. So she handed out test papers, had all the second graders write it out on their papers. They were turned in. And the teacher was astonished to find almost 50% of the class answered the question wrong. They didn't put down magnets. Do you know what they wrote? Six letters, started with M, mother. (laughs) I don't know what grade she gave them, but I would give them at least half credit for that. Because right on, mom picks things up. They understood that this was the characteristic of the adult in their lives. Now, kids may not understand servanthood, and that's why we have to give them chores. Likewise, we Christians, all of us, may not fully understand servanthood, and that's why Jesus modeled this for us. For example, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he said this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And do you remember when he, um, when Jesus was washing the feet of the uh, the disciples, and and Peter said, "Not not me, Lord." And he said, "Well, if you won't let me, you have no part of me. (gasps) Don't just wash my feet, but wash all of me." See, Peter had a hard time understanding what Jesus was trying to get him to see. And as important as, well, you know what, actually, excuse me, turn over to Philippians 2. Let's do another passage real quick. I think I got time for this. Philippians, I get my Bible over there, come on. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. He writes, Paul writes these words, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus knew. That example was an even better teacher. And that's why on the night he was betrayed, Jesus met with his disciples in that upper room. And before he introduced them to what we now know as the Lord's Supper, he left the room, returned carrying that bowl of water, having that towel wrapped around his waist. And he washed their feet. Served them, right? That's what he did. So I, I think I will. I think I'll, I'll do a few more lessons on servanthood over the next several weeks. And I want us to talk about specific ways we can serve God in his church. We're going to talk about how to shift 
from the childhood idea of chores to the grown-up idea of taking responsibilities as servants of God. When we spend enough of our time trying to grow up to be like our God, to put on His shoes, after a while, guess what? We'll begin to look like Him. There is a story told of a mountain in the northeast part of the United States. It has um, peculiar features to it. It looks like the face of an old man. They called it the old man of the mountain. And it's said that a man who lived in those parts spent a great deal of time looking at the face on the mountain. In fact, he spent so much time gazing at the mountain that eventually his face began to resemble that of the old man of the mountain. And when we gaze intently at the Word of God, daily meditating on it, reading it, studying it, bringing it in, we will begin to look like God. The more of God's Word that we put into our minds and hearts, the more we'll slowly transform to be just like Him. How awesome is that? It really is like that. If we're serious, if we know and learn how to die to self and live for Him. Well, I want to go ahead and close things out. We have about a minute or so left. So I want to encourage you again. Go to our website, www.nvcoc.net. You'll, you'll see that right now we have that, that banner across the top saying, you know, important. And the services are, clo- are, are canceled at the building. But we are live streaming. You scroll down, you'll see the live stream window. And now below that, you'll see uh, the links for all the previous lessons. And then below that, <laughs> scrolling on down, you'll find the radio mic. And you click on that radio mic, you'll find not only this lesson, but all our previous lessons. And I encourage you to to, uh, listen to those. Watch the live stream videos if you can. We'll be here on Sunday at 1030. And uh, Lord willing, it won't last too much longer. It's difficult times, but we can persevere as long as we keep on keeping on for the Lord and serving him. It will go well for us. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, may the Lord bless you in what you're doing, and I be, I'm praying for you all. I know it's difficult. You may be lo- uh, you're losing money, you're losing your jobs, perhaps. Look to the Lord, and know if you're baptized in the Lord, there are far better things. And if you're not baptized, keep listening to this program. Read your Bible. Uh, give me a call if you even want to come on up to this building, and we'll we'll talk about it. Thank you for being here. I'm out of time. Thank you and bless you. Take care. Till the sinful world be won for Jehovah's mighty son. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.